Good afternoon and welcome to Techman Talks Dynamics. I'm here again with a long-time colleague, Liz Delaney. Um, and today the subject is something that's coming up more and more, which is um, multi-company group rollouts with an international aspect sometimes as well. And we just want to go through because we're seeing more and more of these, Liz, I think it's fair to yeah. say, and more and more requests and, and lots of projects coming along where there's you know it's it's not just going to one company put the system in end of it's like we need to roll it out to these six and consolidate and we want standardization yeah, so, across something them. which would have just been uh would have just been a huge headache and struck fear a few a few years ago is something that is is much that is much easier to access now and we can do that we can do which that is why more of them are coming along yeah. i think so anyway, let's just take a moment to thank the marketing team for the new merch. Oh, right. Yes. Lovely. Yeah, we should still have a little, uh, yeah. a little um, web shop for these, shouldn't we? <laughs> yes. They're very comfy. Good for working from home. <laughs> you'll, I'm sure this won't be the last time you'll see it on a podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. So back, to, back to the subject in hand. It would have been something that would have been exceptionally difficult to do. I've done them before. Yes. Uh, in the we old, both in, in, worked our in, um, in the ones. In the old Navision days where um, I did a project in, it was a company based in Milton Keynes years and years ago. It was a German parent. Yeah. And the German parent had a, um, a a database and wanted to use exactly the same objects in that database in the UK. Um, the UK didn't like it, didn't fit their process at all. Um, the, the, the German company tried to keep um, a core set of objects that was the same for all of its international rollout, uh, but every single country ended up doing it slightly differently they ended up with a mess and essentially ended up with 10 separate databases completely different all on different versions or with different um just totally totally different um and and that's that was partly because of local local legislate legislative requirements yeah. Um, which meant that they had to, to have us, um, because they insisted the worldwide database went in on all of them, they then had to have almost customization on top to do reverse that. Reverse engineer them in back yeah. in. Um, and, um, and, 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 and those and, projects typically took years. Yeah, and, they? and they never finished, yeah, and, they were kind of no, perpetual. And, diff and also, because different partners were doing them, so ta you know, most people will remember this table number 60,015 would be one thing in one. Database, database and something completely else. So your reporting was screwed. So the reporting that. didn't work either. So Tiff, it, 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 I mean, the, the modern SaaS world is is very different, and I think it's kind of, I think this has happened by mistake for Microsoft. I think they've they've you know they've architected the SaaS platform the way that they have in order to enable easy updates and lots of flexibility, and I don't think I don't think it was a an objective for the BC team to make international rollouts for multi country multi-company projects easy um actually i think that probably at strategic level in microsoft was was penciled in against fno the, the, yeah. the enterprise product but actually they have made it easy because you know on your SaaS platform you can have multiple instances so you can buy an, a, an additional instance and one can have you know the gb localization another one can have um 
maybe the North American localization and another one can have the Romanian localization and another one can have wherever else you need it. Um, and then you've got those all and, you know, the license, the licensing works as well, isn't it? Because if you have a user skew for, um, you know, and, and they've now just adjusted that as well. So some of your users can have an essential skew and log into the Essentials database uh, instances, but some of them can have a premium SKU and log into the Essentials and the premium instances yeah. as well. You didn't before, if you had one manufacturing organization in the group, everybody had to have a premium license, which put a massive in, uh, up, up on that. So that's been sorted out from a perspective. And I think Microsoft are waking up to the fact that there's a huge opportunity here and you can do rollouts across multiple companies in months rather than decades, which was probably the previous uh, experience. Yeah, I had a phone call last week from um, a guy I'd never spoken to before who'd been given my number by um, an existing customer. And he spent about 20 minutes telling me what they were looking to do. And I was going, yeah, 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 we can do all of that. We can do all that. We can do all of that. It was an international rollout, US, UK, and um, a couple of European countries. And in the and, and then and then about 20 minutes into the conversation, he said he mentioned FNO. And I said, we don't, we, we're not a FNO reseller. He said, yeah, we, we've already decided we want FNO. I said, but you've just spoken to me for 20 minutes and so I've said we can do all of the things that you want to do. You, you, you're not a, it wasn't a huge user count, only about 100 users. Yeah. And he said, yeah, but BC can't do international projects. That's a historic perception. Yeah, 100%. People, yeah. It, it's kind of, you are out of date if that's what yeah. you think. And, and, he, and, just, and he was very much, well, the board has taken the, the, the board has decided, so we're not, we're definitely, definitely going with FNO. And I said, well, like, you know, I suggest to get back up a rethink. So we just spoke for 20 minutes and I've said we can do everything that you've asked for. And, and, and you know, what does the board want? Does it want a, a higher cost? Yeah. Because I think every... Even you, the F&O you, partners I told you, it's adding a zero. Higher, 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 you know, it's a higher license cost and it's going to be a higher consulting cost to roll out F&O. And if you need F&O, fine. But it's not a reason for multiple countries. You know, just go ask how many countries... Um, FNO has an authorised localization for now. A lot less and than as, the, the BC, the I would imagine. I mean, yeah. The, Microsoft are now in the situation with BC where they are they are now counting the number of countries left rather than the number of countries they've done. We're in the hundreds in terms of of countries where there's a a, a registered localization. And of course now, um, the, obviously the situation I had years ago when I did this this implementation with the German partner that I talked about and they were trying to keep this core set of objects exactly the same, even though all of the countries have slightly different requirements. Now we're in the world of extensions, you can use an extension in, in, in one in, environment and not in the other if it's yes. not appropriate, you know, so people can have, because nobody wants to be fighting and that that's what was happening. They, they, the, the UK team were fighting against the solution that was wrong for them. Um, and obviously you can imagine the, the um, distress that it caused yes. um, well, the in conflict. the organisation. Yes. Um, and, and you spend more time talking about that than you actually do pushing the project forward. Yeah, exactly. And it, it caused a lot of issues with the, the, the team members there. They felt very, um, you know, not listened Unimpowered, to. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. 
Um, where, whereas it will be so different now because they would have their UK localization, um, you know, so they'd have the things that um, that that w- at the time would have been missing, and there was quite a lot at the time that was missing that was part of localization. Some of the U- localization was then now in the standard product anyway, um, but they would have had that, and they could have had an extension built that matched the the very the unique because they were a different business. And, and, you know, when you had a set of objects that you had to send out to all the different partners to then go and implement in it. Now with, you know, if you've got, you've got eight instances with eight different countries um, on, on a, uh, the SaaS platform, effectively, you know, you can deploy from DevOps um, automated deployment of a, a fix and you can put it in all eight and yeah. that's one button push. Yeah. You know, that whereas... Yeah. That would never have happened. Yeah. If you've built automated tests, which, you know, is the other best practice that I've banged on about quite a bit, and it makes much more sense in an international deployment, you, you can run, you can do the change to fix the bug today, check it in, run all your pipelines overnight. Tomorrow you get back, oh, all my tests have passed or this test hasn't and I need to go fix this and, and that's another cycle. And then the next day you're actually, you, you've got it deployed and the, and the that problem goes away so much faster yeah. than historically, and, where and, that would have taken weeks and months oh and lots of and, project and it, management. And some it would never have ended up in. Yes. And then all of a sudden, what, like, what, yeah. Where, yeah. Why was that missed? And, oh, I was but, away and that week. And, of course, week, you can keep them it. all on the same version. Because of the automated rollouts, because of the, 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 um, the updates, um, rather than having to have nine different upgrade projects in nine different countries done by nine different partners... Which, if you think about how long upgrade projects used to take, it's probably like a two, three... By the time you've got them all upgraded, you'd all be out of date anyway. It was in the UK what we recur, refer to as the fourth row bridge problem, which I think every country in the world, I think, has got a, a bridge where they start part painting at one end, and by the time they finish the it's other like end, house, they go back to the start. It's like start. your house, James. No, <laughs> That's a problem with my paint. By the it's time you started in with... the east wing, the west wing will need to win. That's a problem with the... Painters not being bad. Let's not talk about that. Thank you, Liz. Um, but it, it's um, yeah, but you know, it, 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 it is it, it's so much worse. Yeah. The other major advantage, I think, of this model is reporting. I mean, cross organisation reporting. Um, one, you've got a SaaS platform. Um, you know, so availability is there. If you, there is a question about where you um, where you put the instances. So, you know, we're here in the UK. So typically our, our business central instances will be created in UK yeah, South. Yeah, but of Microsoft course some, data some Center. countries. But we can do a, you know, we can do a French one and a German one in that UK South. So if, if you've got um, a UK company with a couple of other European countries, they can all be in the same data center. That means that they're all there. They're obviously backed up to a different data center and all those. But reporting across those is there. Now, if you're, for instance, in the other side of the world, so if you've got a subsidiary in, well, the, what, the classic one is in China or somewhere like that, where the latency for connection across, so there can be latency issues around, it's partly to do with the, the great Chinese firewall um, getting through that. So anything outside of China is a problem for anything inside of China. But a little bit careful. But, I mean, we've run Australia, the US... And the UK from the UK data center successfully, you've got all three instances next to each other. That means you can connect to all three, pull data out of all three, 
potentially in you know in the UK you can look at availability you can you can do a call across look at availability in Australia and the US and decide your global purchasing requirement from your sourcing company in Taiwan or wherever what, that, what's, that, that what's kind of interconnection is yeah what's really missing from the standard product is any way of controlling the master data other than manually um, so, um, well, yeah, for it, example, it, if someone adds a new GL code in um, one company, um, it doesn't necessarily. There's no way to kind of replicate it across across instances. So, uh, you across, know, they introduced yeah. in 22 that you could replicate across companies, but you can't have one company in an instance it, that's US localization and one company. The, the, the localization is per instance, yeah. not per company. So if you're international, you need different instances for which there is a cost, but it's not, you know, that, that that's, nobody's ever said to me that's unaffordable if that's what you need. Um, so yes, they need to redesign that piece so that, yeah, you know, if you create a dimension value in the group holding company, that replicates down to all the subsidiaries. Yeah, I mean, we, there are there based. are third party apps that yeah. can can help with that, but I think um, to to be um, truly ready for international products, it would be nice to have um, a little bit more around um, intercompany functionality yeah. and rep- replication of data in the in the centre product yes, across tenants. For those, so within for those our projects, environment, the there's, a, there's two or three ISVs which are pretty much always on the on the list aren't yeah they? yeah um and Which we you know and they're they're, they're good products but yes. it would be nice to have it so it was a more complete product um and i think there's still a case when you're doing international, international projects obviously in the, of, of needing a, a local partner i think for user adoption for cultural reasons for yes. um language compliance time i think time scale still, as well. you um, know, if we're supporting australia I really don't like the Australians get me out of bed in the middle of the night to to ask a you know start of day question. It's, it's yeah. So the, so the, the, there's um, some considerations to be given around how you build that that um, network of partners that can work together on us and rather so that the solutions don't all go in different directions. And yeah, with, um, with, so with, with most directions that on, I think our, our community, the partner community, has got some maturity to do in terms of standardising how partners work with partners. Yeah. Um, because um, the, there are a few of us that know each other and have worked with each other repeatedly and we work really well together. But the, that that network is going to have to expand and, and need some kind of standardisation around that whole work. So I think there's, I, I know um, discussions are ongoing around that about what the possibilities are and how that might work and so on. But because the other thing is, is you know, Clients, typically these projects, they, they want concurrency in the project. They don't want to wait till one country's finished before they do the next. And um, because that just takes too long and they want to, you know, if they're, they're going to roll out this solution, they want it done by the end of 24. Yeah. And yeah, well, we don't want an FNO size six year rollout. Yeah. Never you know, the finished. idea is that it's 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 efficient and, and it's fast and it's agile, yeah. I mean, but it, but it still meets the requirements of the local business, so that all of the local businesses can can run as efficiently as they as they need to. We were talking to a prospect earlier this week. They've already got NAV in, I think, thirteen instances, but they've got Sage and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, they want to roll it out to twenty six UK companies, um, and then some in Germany, one in Romania. Um, uh, Denmark, a bunch of other countries, um, and and yeah, you know, 
the, the, the group at FD was sitting there, um, CFO was sitting there saying, could we get this done by the end of 24? Now, most of us in times gone by would have smiled and laughed and <laughs> politely uh, said no. Um, Apart from that. our salespeople would have gone, yeah, yeah no problem. Can, yeah, just sign here. <laughs> But in reality, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't remotely doable. Now we're talking about, you know, as as long as we get the project spun up um, and you get the template, you know, the, the standard uh, built relatively quickly, then you can do it and you can run those out because, you know, the, the more standardized implementations that we're doing um, are rolling out in three to four months. And as long as you're, as long as you have a central team that's managing that talks to Germany one day, Denmark the next, Romania yeah, the next, and, I, and, kind of, and does yeah, it concurrently. I, it, it, Actually, it, that works. It's really important, isn't it? You, um, how you structure the rollout, how you work with the partners, how um, and how you communicate. Don't down to don't them. think that the cost of that project is going to be just you. Know, you it, the cost is structured differently for me because there needs to be a significant part of overall governance somebody yeah. needs to be in charge and, and monitoring what's sides. going on both sides yeah. but what you do is that you know where the saving is is if you created that template and that template is right then there's a lot of legwork that's saved in each of the individual implementations so if you're doing 26 that i've just mentioned it's not it's not 26 times the cost of of a, a single implementation um, in, in the right way but it's not kind of you know do the first one and then all the subsequent ones are half what the first one was because the governance of managing and keeping them all online um, and on track and on target is is a is a proportion on top of the work that still needs yeah. to be done in each local yeah. entity so I, I think it's really, and, and I think this is, um, you know, again, I'll be slightly controversial and say, I think Microsoft is jumping on board. You know, they have this new concierge program um, that they're running for larger implementations. Um, and larger implementations in their world is two ways. Um, you know, they're Microsoft, so they care about the dollars, right? So it's it's how much you're going to spend. It's the big ones, basically. Yeah. Yes, the, it's the, the big whole, ones. The so big single implementation. I think the criteria. I don't think I'm talking out of court. Is is you know if, if a client is spending more than a hundred thousand dollars per annum on um, on Microsoft Cloud licensing, then they can get onto that concierge program. And that's talking about you know large single instances, which we should do another podcast about. You know what you have to do to to deploy um, business centrally in very high transaction codes and what's different there. Have we done one of those? Did we do one of those as well? Um, we should definitely talk about that at some point. But the other one they're doing is like, you know, okay, we've got all these subsidiaries, trade trading entities across different countries. Um, once we put all those together, what does that look like and, and how's that transact? So I think they are definitely jumping on board the... Um, you know, they're spotting the opportunity and, and, and whether that conflicts with FNO, well, um, you know, the, in my view, the client should look at both and decide the best product that for them. I'm clearly biased, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's the right thing. And actually, if FNO is the right product for the client, I'd prefer not to have that client because it's going to yeah. be a problem. Yeah. So thank you again for listening to us rambling on. Um, I hope it's been uh, 
cause you some ideas and, and, and some aspects. And if you have some international uh, entities that are running on different software or, or you don't have, uh, you can't monitor and report on as, as tightly as you would like, uh, give us a call. Let's see what we can do. Thank you.